Jory. Oh, hey, yes, Cameron? What's it's up? The f- it's the 4th of July. It is. Hear all those fireworks going off? Those, this episode of CWFP potentially guest hosted by fireworks. <laughs> guest hosted by uh, Pyro. They're not fireworks yeah. in wrestling. Mm, pi- they're yes. pyrotechnics. Pyrotechnics. We went all out with the pyro for you guys this 4th of July. Um, you know who else went all out? All out is until August, you fucking idiot. Jesus Christ, Cameron. Oh, shit. <laughs> we watched Fighter Fest, not All Out. We watched a pay-per-view with a with a dated meme theme. Yeah, it's it's weird that, that uh the Fighter Fest stuff was was a hot button issue earlier in the year because Netflix and Hulu both released their documentaries on them that they're both working on at the same time. And uh, that's probably when they planned this. But like six months later, I don't know if it still lands. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like a thing. It's like, okay, let's capitalize off this and do this pay-per-view in February or March. But it's almost July. (laughs) And... It took me a second to realize what was happening. <laughs> like, I would see things on Twitter where it was like, Fighter Fest is terrible. I-, I paid all this money to come here and see these bands play, and I got this cheese on some on some lettuce in, like, a little styrofoam container, and I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? What is going on? And it, it didn't dawn on me until the pre-show, like joke vignette things that it was a reference like i completely forgot that the name was a reference to a thing and i was like oh that's what they're doing okay it's it's a double reference i didn't realize until uh the end of the pre-show that it was a fucking uh also a reference to the fact that there's a fighting game tournament this week that weekend oh yep ceo taking place in the ocean center in daytona beach florida while this pay-per-view is happening Justin <laughs> Wong sitting uh, ringside. Making his tier Justin lists. Wong. Yeah. Getting his tier list ready for when AEW starts up on TV in October. <laughs> uh, yeah. The theme of the pay-per-view... I mean, they like, gave up on it pretty quick. <laughs> they did. It was something that pretty much stayed in the buy-in. Didn't <laughs> extend past that, but... There's something kind of WCW about the pools and the palm trees and everything like that, which like WCW in a good way, not not bad. I'll, WCW. I'll take I'll take the I'll take a nice set, uh, like themed pay per view over. It's TLC. We got ladders. Yeah, e- e- yeah. <laughs> over. It's Extreme Rules. There's a table as he's walking down to the ring and he slaps it. <laughs> this okay. isn't a tables match. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I'll absolutely take this over whatever else. Especially over Stomping Ground. <laughs> That's a really bad name and <laughs> graphics package for a pay per view. I guess it works because that one poster had Becky with her boot kicking the camera. I don't know. Yeah. I think they just wanted to have the uh, Lacey Evans referencing the Boots Made for Walking song. Did that happen? And that was multiple times in in all the like video packages that they had for like stomping grounds happening. This date. 
My brain must have turned off or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that you. happening. Uh, you want to talk about the the buy-in? Which yeah. is a good name for the pre-show. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I can't talk about the first match because I just went to BRLive.com and clicked on the thing. And it was like, here we go. Cool. It's free. And then like halfway through the match, it was like, hey, you need an account. And then the debacle of a lifetime happened where I learned that years ago, in 2011 or 10 or something, I never verified my email address with Bleacher Report. So I had to go through seriously like 30 minutes of bullshit to watch this pay-per-view and miss this whole match. And some of the stuff in between this one and the next one. Well... I got some bad news for you, Cameron. What's that? Um, it was a good match. Probably. I also did not get to see it. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> because did you also I had started to your report. Well, I did. I just signed in with my Facebook, and then I was in. Mm. That's how I ended up doing it because my verification emails were not showing up. It was like, okay, you want to change your password? Let's do this. And then I check spam. Then I do it again. And I was like, okay, never mind. And then I was like, okay, I'll get to my Facebook. And then I couldn't remember my Facebook password because I haven't logged out of a Facebook anywhere in like a hundred years. So it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a night. I saw like the ending and I, there's some highlight stuff that I've seen. Private I, party seems cool. I am um, letting my friend Andrew borrow my camera because he... He, like, buys a lot of Pokemon card packs and wants to start making, like, those videos where people unpack cards. Oh, okay. And when he stopped by and I handed him the stuff, I just just stood there talking to him as this match went on. And I was like, well, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely the best pre-show match, probably. Like, just in terms of wrestling, watching these highlights. I know best friends are super over. Yeah, I like their, I like them hugging and everybody getting excited. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Is there something I'm missing there? Uh, I think they're just best friends. I don't know. Mm. That's all it is. I'm not sure. See, okay. like we're gonna sound real like, oh, I'm not sure what's happening here. Uh, <laughs> uh, to our to our our listener base here, but I mean, like, yeah, we don't know who a whole lot of these people are, what their gimmicks are, but we're gonna learn. I'm excited to watch AEW. Are you? Yeah. If you want us to be more up to date with these characters and performers, um, give us money to watch Being the Elite. (laughs) Yeah. Every time I I think, huh, maybe I should watch Being the Elite, and then I see some excerpt that's like... It's like Kenny Omega and Cody like high fiving, and then it's just like Pyro WWE bad. I'm like that's probably uh, yeah. not something I want to watch. I watched like one episode between uh, Double or Nothing and Fighter Fest, and it was really boring <laughs> and like not super well edited or produced. Oh. So <laughs> I was I was just kind of like eh. I don't know about this, but probably won't have to worry about that at all when they're on TV. That's just being the elite will be integrated into two hours of television. <laughs> yeah, that'll, prob- that'll probably be the name for their backstage segments. Yeah, it'll probably have a little BTE logo as it goes to <laughs> a backstage segment. That'll be good. Yeah, 
Well, since we don't have a whole lot to say about the first match, let's talk about the second. Hell yeah. We got um, Bay uh, Alley versus Leva Bates. <laughs> you the haven't librarian. seen Smiley Kylie Ray yet. You're going to be even more like, oh my god, that's just Bailey <laughs> when you see her. The thing that was, I guess, going on is uh, she she's a librarian, and then there's also a really annoying guy with her. A guy that likes just, her? I, I, I guess that's supposed to be it, yeah. where uh, they're just telling people to be quiet and read books. There sure are a lot of gamers in this crowd, and then I oh, cry. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I had to hear the cursed word <laughs> in wrestling gamers it is a very cursed word (laughs) a word that i learned its origins recently it has to do with something with when they used to do madden tournaments with nfl players because gamer is something you use in like sports like gamer Mm. means like uh, he he loves the game he comes out here on sundays or whenever and he loves he's a student of the game he he loves the sport he plays for millions of dollars no shit hmm um, and then EA started using it while they were broadcasting, like, Madden tournaments and stuff. And then it just kind of got co-opted by, like, um, other marketing things. It was really, like, a marketing term. And now that's how we use it. Now it means racist, pretty much. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's kind of what it means now, is, like, you're a gamer, you're just a racist. So <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> gamer's more of a slur nowadays than anything. <laughs> Marketing well, term to slur. The <laughs> ultimate capitalist timeline. Oh, man. That's, uh... a. <laughs> and, boy, did all these nerds not know that this was just only a light beating they were going to get from, from someone in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Wait uh, until MJF comes out. And... This is just like a, a good, like cheap, easy heel thing. Is you just have a librarian? It's like it, it reminded me. I'm sure it reminded you of Matt Striker. <laughs> yeah, because his thing was because he was a teacher also. Like he and he just kind of turned that into his thing as well. So it's like you just have someone who's you have like a vague authority figure that you'd recognize from your childhood who they were often mean even though I think at this point I think the mean librarian that tells you to shush all the time is just in media not in real life I can remember maybe one but I was definitely being loud and other people were being loud so was it like a middle school high school thing when you're like screaming video game references it was it was more of like we're gonna come in the library for some reason and do this this video project for multimedia class and talk about ideas instead of just sitting in the cafeteria like everyone else is. <laughs> and we were talking at like the volume that I am right now, and she was like, "Hey, shut up!" <laughs> the people you're trying to like study and shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it definitely is more of a character on TV now than a real thing. Yeah. Also, that's because people don't go to libraries now, so they wouldn't know like. We're familiar with Allie through Impact Wrestling, except she's not with Impact anymore, I'm pretty sure, but her Twitter handle is still Allie Impact. Allie AEW was taken by some neckbeard at 4 o'clock in the morning, probably. Oh, it's a suspended account, actually. I 
I would bet it's I would bet it's someone who actually just took it and then they were like, "Hey, we need this," and now they suspended it <laughs> or did something with it so they can give it to her. <laughs> uh, it was it was a pretty good match. It was a lot of uh, <laughs> I I very very specifically liked the part where uh, it got was it uh, Leva Bates who got Allie in like that basically that um, LaBelle lock but instead or it was actually I think it was closer to like a Gargano escape because I know there's slight differences between them but uh, it had the like finger over the mouth going shh mm, yeah that a plus <laughs> A plus character work there <laughs> yeah I think a lot of people were really annoyed by the librarian character Leva Bates was doing but I think it works it's fine I <laughs> the only thing I could think of is like why someone would be mad is she could do better but it's like you, you can't <laughs> you, you gotta have some goofy silly characters or like stuff that's not super edgy and serious <laughs> yeah I don't know. I think I said it last week on this show that I think we we both agreed, like, sometimes you can't just get, you can't, a big air quotes here, work yourself into a shoot. If you if you Brother. dislike the character, just kind of go like, yeah, that character's annoying, I want to see her get beat up. And guess what? She did. So, like, <laughs> yeah, that's the point of the show. Someone shushing shouldn't put you into a blind rage where you're writing, like, a, a fucking college essay on Squared Circle as why AEW is going to fail now because Leva Bates shushed the, the mic. <laughs> That's uh, embarrassing. <laughs> I like the character. And hey, her pants weren't blue, but her hair was. So Yeah. <laughs> In case you forgot who she was. It was, uh... Allie went over her pretty, pretty easily. It was just kind of a standard match. Yeah. Uh... Brandy was watching on because they're going to have a match at All Out, I believe. E, uh, no, Fight for the Fallen is Allie versus oh. Brandy Rhodes. Not even sure how that came about. That was probably like a social media or being the elite thing. It says uh, this was an introduction to a company that will breathe new life into a career that was literally killed by Impact Wrestling. And then I looked it up. And then I found Allie dies in Rosemary's arms. Yep. <laughs> Back in March. What the fuck? Yeah. I think I thought I sent that to you. It was she she straight up just died. They just killed her. <laughs> I think I think Sue Young killed Allie on TV. And Rosemary Good was like crying Impact. holding Allie, and that was her last appearance on Impact. <gasps> Good job, Impact. Th- that's actually really smart because she can come back as like undead Allie if she ever goes back there. Yeah, that's just wild to me that you'd actually have someone die in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I... I mean, Big Boss Man was hung by The Undertaker in a steel cage and then showed up like a month later after they said... <laughs> after JR was screaming, By God, he's dead! He's dead! Let's talk about the best match of the night. <laughs> yeah... Michael Nakazawa versus esports event consultant and CEO gaming director Alex Jabaley. <laughs> Absolutely, in a hardcore match. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen baby oil used as a weapon in a hardcore match, but after this, I did, and I can 
safely I, say <laughs> I'd like to see it again. I guess this was a grudge match because at last year's CEO, they had a hardcore match where Alex Jabaley won. Yeah. Yeah, I had heard something about that. Uh yeah, so this is a this is a comedy wrestler wrestling a not wrestler in a pre-show hardcore match that involves Baby Oil and um video game controllers. Video game references. Yeah. Uh you know, like that guy in ECW handed uh, NES to Tommy Dreamer. Was it Tommy Dreamer? Yeah. Um Justin Wong handed Alex Jabaley a fight stick. <laughs> God, that thing's like fucking solid metal too, so that yeah. would hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to respond to that, Arkansas tried fucking drowning him. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> drowning oh. him in the kiddie pool that was up by the ramp. If there's ever an extreme spot I could think of, it's drowning. I'd say drowning someone is about as extreme as you can get. That's worse than Kurt Angle Germaning Shane through the pane glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That so, drowning someone is real bad. Uh, Bailey tried to get a table from under the ring, but Nakazawa had a GameCube controller. And like wrapped it around his neck, yeah. and he likes like hanging him with a GameCube controller, and like playing with the buttons. <laughs> yeah. He speared him through the ropes onto the table, and then uh, somehow I, I don't know how much of a suplex requires uh, the the person taking it to sell for to like help you move through it, but a very very good looking suplex by Jabaley. Yeah. He took a moment and then he got it and it was it was really good. He, you can tell he's not a wrestler but he still knows what he needs to be doing and how to do it and he still executes it like pretty decently, right? Like he didn't just go like, "Yeah, I'm going to be in this res- wrestling match at this thing." Fuck it. Like I don't I don't know if he goes to, you know, wrestling school regularly or anything like that, but he Wrestled a match that looks better than I imagine anybody off the street could wrestle. Yeah, he he was he was doing pretty good in this match. He grabbed a, a bag of arcade fight stick buttons oh, and God. dumped him onto the floor and threw Nakazawa on him, which would really really hurt because I I have some of those buttons and the pin like connector pins on those are really small and like mm. thin. So those mm. could penetrate skin, probably pretty easily. I don't like that. I've never seen what they look like outside of a stick or a cabinet. Like they—they they kind of look like you couldn't couldn't really tell on the cameras, but they this looks like an electrical plug, like a wall plug, but mm. like smaller oh, and thinner. Okay. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> thinner. <laughs> the the ending. Must have been like a callback to something or something that uh, Nakazawa is known for, where he used like a thong and shoved it in his face to to get his own pin. It's like a it's like a mandible claw, but extra gross. Yeah, because he pulled the thong like he was wearing it. He pulled it out of his trunks. Yeah. 
and on commentary, this man hosts Smash tournaments. He should be used to that smell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Who was it who said that? Was that Golden Boy? I think so. That was great, yeah. Golden Boy commentating with with JR is like the dream commentary team for me. That was that was really cool. It makes sense. <laughs> He's an esports caster at a at a fighting game tournament. Overall, I thought this was fun. It was a like, really fun match. <laughs> it was on the pre-show, which I mean, like you can say, pre-show doesn't mean anything on a free pay-per-view. Yeah, sure, but it was very clearly like separated from the main card. Yeah. I think, if anything, that is a good way to hype up a crowd full of people who are also there for a fighting game tournament. Yeah, having basically their their Roger Goodell or Vince McMahon, you know, wrestle a comedy guy and do video game related stuff is going to get them pretty hyped and interesting or interested. So, I don't, uh, again, just like the. Leave a Bates Alley match. There was a lot of like, wow, this was unbearable. <laughs> Meltzer tweeted, um, I never want to see, uh, or thank God that pre show was over, potentially the worst ever, or something along those lines. Jesus Christ, dude. And it's like, <laughs> it's fun. Allow a card to have a little bit of fun on it. Cal- calm down, and uh, you'll, yeah. you'll see Kenny later. It's okay. It's okay, Meltzy. You'll get to see Kenny eventually. You're gonna get to see your three guys in one match, so don't don't worry. Well, and the main card was kicked off with Christopher Daniels versus a- OWE's Shima. Hmm. He's the uh, I believe president over at OWE Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Okay. Um. Yeah, it combines like live entertainment wrestling stuff with like C pop performances by a C pop band in China. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting thing they have going on in OWE, and they have a pretty strong partnership with um, with AEW, considering Chima is like on the roster full-time. And the... What stable is he from? The, the Young Hearts? Something like that? Uh, a lot of them are in OE, or, uh, AEW often, so... Yeah, uh, a veteran versus an also veteran, but from a different continent, so we don't exactly know too much about him. Uh, and Chima has a match against Kenny Omega at Fighter Fest, or uh, excuse me, Fight for the Fallen. So he's trying to find some momentum going into that. C- can he beat the? I don't know. Something about Christopher Daniels kind of scares me, like. Like he he's a good wrestler, but he also looks like he could actually just shoot, beat the shit out of me. Yeah, like and if I make him mad, he'll just shoot, beat the shit out of me. <laughs> and in his older age, it seems even more so than when you see him when he was like you know, uh, mid late twenties in TNA when you watch the Twitch channel, right? Yeah, it's 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 for some reason way scarier. <laughs> I I get what you're saying completely. Um. The match was an okay way to start the card, I think. Uh, it was a little slow at times, which is surprising, but then I remembered Christopher Daniels is, what, like 46, 47, something like 50. that? 50. <laughs> okay, there you go. He Yeah, he's 50 years old. Yeah, jeez. That's <laughs> the same age as The Undertaker? 
54. Okay, so pretty close to the same age as the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> so by comparison, when you look at like Undertaker matches where he just kind of slowly walks around, and then when you look did, at the Undertaker, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's like slowly walking around and you know does like four moves over the course of twenty minutes. Christopher <laughs> Daniels put on a pretty good match for being pretty much the same age. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys, Christopher Daniels is a delight to watch, though. Yes. Remember when he blasted uh, Green Arrow through a table? I do. That was hella cool. <laughs> that was... I actually remember that because most of that match I was going like, that's not Christopher Daniels. And you were going like, yeah, it is. He's just old now. And I was like, no, it's, <laughs> it's not him. A uh, good backstabber in this by uh by Chima. This match was like real 50-50. It was like Christopher Daniels is is on top. And yeah. then tor- <laughs> towards the end it was okay, now Chima's on top. So I okay, now I Chima uh, won. Ha- have to talk about Christopher Daniels th- Blue Thunderbomb. Oh yeah. Cuz just the like he he just like grabbed him and threw it threw him into it like it was nothing. Like, yeah. like I've just des- how I've described the blue thunderbomb is like when you watch people tossing pizza dough. That's just how it looked like when Christopher Daniels did it. <laughs> like scooped him up, swirled him around, <laughs> knocked down, but it didn't work. <laughs> it's a very good blue thunderbomb. But yeah, Shima won. He he probably could use the momentum more than <laughs> I don't think Christopher Daniels like needs anything. <laughs> He's probably more backstage going like. In a producer role, helping younger guys set up their storylines and what they want to do in matches, opposed yeah. to trying to put himself over. There's definitely a world where Christopher Daniels has a very small run with the AEW world title as like a feel-good thing. Yeah. But that's not going to be for a while, I imagine. The following match, this was a, a delight to watch. <laughs> yeah, all around... It, it was, very fun. I'm saying this in quotations, a triple threat match <laughs> of <laughs> Yuka Sakazaki, Riho, and Nyla Rose. The only thing is, Nyla Rose is like bigger than both of them combined, mm-hmm. so it was basically just a handicap match. <laughs> yeah, for most of it. Occasionally, <laughs> Riho and Sakazaki would go like, okay, Nyla Rose is down, let's do moves to each other. And then Nyla would come back and beat the shit out of them again. <laughs> I uh, I have to commend uh, Yuka for being able to wrestle in those Shantae pants. Because I imagine having all that loose material while you're doing something like wrestling is probably difficult. E- yeah. That's why people wear like trunks and spandex and things like that. But she wears... Big Shantae pants. And, I mean, less so. Riho wears, like, a magical girl uh, dress. So, that's probably... I don't know. Joshi's... They have unlimited respect for me because they have to, like, look nice, like, extra nice, like an anime character while doing incredibly stressful and intense wrestling moves. They don't just get to ra- walk out like Randy Orton with some like trunks on and they're fine, and some boots. 
They gotta wear, like, big fucking ballet dresses and skirts, and they gotta look like the character they're playing, like, 100%, and that's, like, a lot of dedication, so. Uh, when, when I was, because wa- I was able to watch this with my mom, I, I talked my mom into it by telling her that the former Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, would be there, so she was locked in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, during this, she's like, those two Japanese girls, it's like they're anime characters wrestling. I was like, yep, uh-huh. That's you, <laughs> you got, got it. it. <laughs> you got it, Jory Mom. And that's I, I just I really liked how how this worked. I think by having it not be a handicap match, you have a way to like fix the downtime uh between the two when Nyla Rose is like rolled out of the ring or something. Yeah. And you get to see that they're like Whenever it was uh, Yuka and Riho, they always had, like, really quick, nice-looking exchanges with, like, spots you can only see from people of their size, which sounds weird to say, but (laughs) it's, like, you you don't even get to see those with, like, cruiserweight wrestling a lot because they're too tall. (laughs) Yeah. Uh we got a 619 from Riho into Nyla Rose, which was... <laughs> as soon as <laughs> she, like, Nyla fell into the ropes, I was like, wait a minute. Uh, no. They, is, she... <gasps> is Rey Mysterio going to jump in here? <laughs> Are they legally allowed to do this? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they called it a 619 on commentary. Yep. And v- Vince McMahon, who definitely isn't watching, but he has, like, a sensor in the back of his head. Uh, where when someone does a move that a wrestler of his popularized, uh, he just starts to get mad and he doesn't know why. That's probably <laughs> what happened. He was probably, like, laughing at poor people or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as soon as Rios hit the 619, he just started, like, he turned to red and blew steam out his ears like a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good 619. Yes. You know what spot I liked better than the 619, though? What was that? The Nyla Rose top rope guillotine knee strike on Riho draped (laughs) over the the rope. Jesus Christ. That's probably what busted open her mouth because... Absolutely. (laughs) She's something... She her mouth was like all bloody by the end of this match, yeah. and that had to have been it. <laughs> I've watched this spot probably like ten times since <laughs> last Saturday. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm just the entire time watching this. It just made me more and more excited to watch uh, the the women of AEW. Yeah. Because if the, these are people who are leading it, it's going to be great. <laughs> They're not keeping the Joshis in, like, a separate um, division, right? They're, like, integrated into the thing. They're, like, going to be not. competing. Yeah, I, I I definitely hope. I think I think it would be smart to have, like, the first AEW women's title match be against, like, Sakazaki versus, like... Brandy Rhodes or Ali versus Riho or something. I think that's a good idea. The, yeah, it, it, it's it might not be as simple as I'm making it because it's like, well, they don't. They both wrestle two very different styles, but 
I think at least just showing like, hey, everyone's gonna come in and be able to do this no matter where they're from or how they wrestle, it's gonna be pretty important to do. Yeah. Because they have a lot of Joshi signed. I think like four. Hmm. Yeah. The thing with this, too, I, I like the end because this highly used like a, a super mean looking Death Valley driver. Yeah. Which I think the it looked so mean just because of the size difference. Like, that's. Have I think having someone like Nyla Rose is going to be very helpful for the women's division too, just because as much as we roll our eyes at like Braun Strowman and stuff, you still need like a giant beast that can just decimate because you need you need the Goliath for David to take down, you know? Yeah, and in like this really smart way, they have two of them with Nyla Rose and. Um, awesome Kong, mm, and that like yeah. that's that's a really good way to have them like um, what 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 am I thinking of that kind of like I don't know if it ever happened but that like Mark Henry Kane collision like when yeah when those or what was it a Braun Strowman and Big Show when those two are looking across from each other the crowd like stands up and starts like <laughs> clapping and like oh yeah we want to see the two Titans go at it like yeah. It's it's that, but for the women's division, and I think it's it happened at double or nothing. It actually happened. At, now that I'm remembering, it happened at double or nothing, where they looked at each other and everybody was just like, "Oh shit!" Like that's that's good to build up uh, and exciting for their future. You know, uh, like you said, you got to have those Goliaths for Davids to take down, and sometimes Goliath, sometimes Goliath just wins. That's okay too. Yeah. Uh... Right here was, thankfully though, uh, Riho was able to just wiggle her way out of uh, a move that Nilo is doing. Which that right before that happened, I pointed that out to my mom. I was like, "Someone's that big and you're that small. You just you just gotta wiggle out." And that's yeah. what she did. And then got a got a pin. <laughs> and of course, uh, Nyla attacked both of them and stormed off. And then uh, it was sad because. Um, I think it was Riho got mad and Sakazaki was chasing after her, like, hey, <laughs> please, let's still be friends, I'm sorry. <laughs> and Riho did not want to be her friend and Sakazaki just looked heartbroken. Crushed. <laughs> yeah, just so damn sad. Yeah, pretty, pretty good women's division match. Yeah. I'm excited for Fight for the Fallen's Alley versus Brandy Rhodes. And the rumor, I think, as of right now, is that All Out in August in Chicago is going to be the reveal of the women's belt. Maybe the premiere of the show in October will have the will have the uh, that match, or you know, they got September and October. That's more room for pay per views. Would like uh, a build a build up for that. You know what I like as much as, or maybe a little less than, women's division action? Nerds getting worked? Good heel work is the, <laughs> is my PG way of saying it. Yep, nerds getting worked. You know the exact frame of the guy that they, they sat on for way too long because he was actually offended by MJF? 
Yeah. That was sad. That was that was that guy actually felt attacked. That guy went home, sat in his desk chair, and looked at his shelf of video games, as I'm definitely not doing right now because I don't have a shelf of video games, Blu-rays next to me. And he reflected on his life for a little bit. It's very sad. So good. <laughs> so it was a fatal four-way match between Hangman Page, Jungle Boy, Jimmy Havoc, and MJF. And before the match, MJF came out just to talk shit to nerds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he he's just making fun of the event. It's like you know. I used to like video games, and then I lost my virginity, and that's when they panned to that guy who just looked actually upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fucked up thing about that is there are, I don't know how much you remember this, but there were actually people in high school like that. There were here. I don't know how many you encountered. Like, uh, people like MJF? There were people who definitely said, like, yeah... I don't know. Maybe I just don't like video games that much since having a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, okay, dude. Like, I know people who have a girlfriend that lives with them and they still enjoy video games daily. So you don't really have to do this, what you're doing. Um, but it's definitely a thing that I think that one specific guy felt very attacked by, but was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and an, another line he had which was <laughs> your mom whose basement you live in she swallows yeah well they and, were chanting you suck yeah. yeah well your mom that your basement whose basement you live in she swallows and hey if you didn't know they were going to be tv 14 by now now you know when he said that, my mom like looked. She was looking at her phone for something, and then she looked at asked me, "Did did he just say that?" I was like, "Yep, sure did." <laughs> yeah. Your mom getting flashbacks to 1999. Yeah. TV exactly. 14 wrestling is is back. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it just um. Basically, what he was done with his promo stuff is when everything else start started. No one was there to save the nerds. No one came nope. out and was like, hey. Kenny didn't come out and be like, hey, man, video games are cool. It's okay to like them. It's just uh, he just got to talk shit, and then <laughs> the match started. <laughs> yep, and then everyone else came out. <laughs> I think he continued to talk shit to Jimmy Havoc and called him like a... A shitty emo kid, and then he called Jungle Boy like a, like a, a dumb like baby man or something like that, uh, kid Tarzan or some bullshit like that. And then as he was still talking shit to uh to Jungle Boy is when Hangman's music hit, and then he like got out. He was like, "Oh, I can't make fun of this guy. He'll just kick my ass." <laughs> Hangman Page is, like, one of the wonders of the world, I would say. <laughs> he's so cool. Because he's he not only is he really cool and pulls off, like, this sort of Western gimmick a little bit with his music and his mask and, yeah. <laughs> and his rope. Off, he pulls off a Western gimmick without looking stupid. He, he, without looking 
unbelievably stupid, but he also has, like, that the revival dad bod sort of thing, while also being buff and being able to do, like, ridiculous kip-ups and shit like that. And, like, <laughs> what, what is the the, 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 the shotgun lariat or whatever he does, where he, like... He does like a like a handstand buckshot front flip. Lariat. Yeah. Buckshot lariat. Yeah. It's like well, how is he able to do that? Like that is Ricochet can do that, and Ricochet weighs like forty less pounds than he does. That's crazy that he's able to do shit like that. Like I'm kind of understanding the more I see Hangman Page why he's in the first AEW World Title match against Chris Jericho. Like Kenny's great. Cody's great. Uh, Pac is great. I actually don't even know if Pac is under contract. I don't think, I don't think he is. I, yeah, I don't. That's... I think that's good. Just something they're not going to be able to settle. Um, I think Hangman Page that has enough to him, and definitely why he he's in the uh, he's him and Jericho are number one contenders for it. Because compared to Cody and Kenny. He's newer, so he could definitely use the uh, yeah. momentum. He, he's he younger. Much hu- he's younger. He has a much higher ceiling, uh, and he. I think Hangman Page could probably appeal to a wider audience just a little bit. He definitely would appeal to people who don't like. They're they're not like internet wrestling fans. They're just like you know. Yeah. Your mom and my dad like they just watch (laughs) wrestling and they just see this guy come out and he has a rope around his neck and a bandana around his face and he does a little pose with his western music and then he's just a very fucking good wrestler, right? Like they don't have to go like, well, why is he wearing an anime cosplay outfit? You know what I mean? Like. Why is he dressed like a Street Fighter character? And why? What's a Meltzer bomb? Like you don't have to explain all that shit. You just get Hangman <laughs> yeah. Page. It's just easy. <laughs> I remember. I remember seeing something um, like in December when it was like, "Where are they going? Are they gonna do their own company? What's going on with the Elite?" That was like, um, if they go to WWE, Hangman Page will have a belt before any of them do, <laughs> and. I think it was something Meltzer Alvarez said that was like he, Vince McMahon and Triple H will love Hangman Page and he will be the most successful out of all like five of them. Yep, definitely because of his age and uh, <laughs> Cody would be lucky to be on TV. I think. I uh, yeah yeah they would do they would <laughs> they do like a him. solid two months of him and Brandy being heels and then he just sit backstage for two years. Yeah. They they would do like Rusev and Lana versus Brandy and Cody at WrestleMania, and then Cody wouldn't be on TV from April to October. <laughs> when they needed, when they wanted to, put, when they do survivors a Survivor Series match of uh, people the internet marks will cheer for, and our guys, and guess what, our guys goes over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where have Cody and Brandy been? Oh, they did Mix Match Challenge and they lost the first two weeks, so... They're at home again. Like, it's so smart that they didn't go to WWE as, as badly as I wanted that back then. This is a better alternative and so many people don't I'll have still to take it. <laughs> what, I want now, what I want now more than anything is straight up like a an NXT versus AEW and the main event is Undisputed Era versus the Golden Elite. That's what That's what I want. Nobody wins that match. There's no definitive pinfall. It goes to a time limit and then just punching each other. 
Yeah, and then the only way you can one up that is by <laughs> Roman's theme hitting or something like. You, no, you can't. The... You actually can't book an ending to Golden uh, Elite versus Undisputed Era. Yeah, she, he, yeah, you could. Here's what you do. It's uh, it's those two. Of it goes to like a 45 minute draw that WWE won't ever do a timeout draw ever again. I don't know why. Maybe it's like a southern thing that Vince hates because WCW did it a whole lot and Ring of Maybe, Honor yeah. does it too. So maybe it's like a like a territorial like smaller promotion thing that Vince just hates. But you, you have <laughs> you have the Golden Elite versus the Undisputed Era. It goes to <laughs> 45 minute draw and they're like, oh no. And then everyone's like, oh, man, they're still fighting, even though it's ended. How do we stop this? Get security. And then we get the shield theme. <laughs> because <laughs> because you just have you have John Moxley in the shield now. And yeah. instead of being, like, the loose cannon, he's even more of a loose cannon. And he's, like, pepper spraying, like, Adam Cole and, <laughs> and Kenny Omega at the same time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just want to see Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega in the same room. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> well, instead of Roman Reigns, you're going to get Xavier Woods until the end of time. <laughs> that's that's the other WWE wrestler you get in the same room as Kenny. The highlight of this match for me most, most of it was just watching Hangman Page wrestle. <laughs> Jungle um, Boy was cool. Jungle Boy's unbelievable, I think. <laughs> like, like, crazy good. Uh, I, I feel weird about Jungle Boy because I think Jungle Boy is someone, I say this a lot, but I did read something at one point that was like, Jungle Boy is probably their biggest, like, win because he's so young and such a good wrestler at such a young age that, like, he could be the face of AEW in, like, five, six years. And I think that's Mm. true, but it's impossible to do that when you are playing, like, a weird kid Tarzan character. (laughs) Like, that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's not going to resonate with a whole lot of people people are going to be like oh man that guy's really good but he, does he talk he rides a giant like he's, 7 he foot rides... tall man with a, di- with a dinosaur mask on <laughs> Luchasaurus Luchasaurus is pretty good I like Luchasaurus a lot <laughs> but it's, it's just one of those things where it's like how limiting is his gimmick I think it's something you could break out from y- yeah yeah I think it's something that even if it's goofy, how you break out from it, like he gets like, you know, thrown through like a ta- or like power bomb through an announcing table or some shit like that, and then he like shakes his head and he's like, "Where am I?" And then he's just a person or something. Like who cares? Just whatever. Doesn't it's wrestling. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <sighs> well, what what did you think of Jimmy Havoc? Uh, Jimmy Havoc is pretty solid. I can't recall a spot from this match that he is giving a move opposed to selling one. Hmm, that's true. He's, he sold the the finisher that ended the match. <laughs> but it's... I, I'm excited to see more of Jimmy Havoc. I, for a, probably like a month, did not know the difference between Jimmy Havoc and Darby Allen. admittedly. <laughs> I just straight up didn't know they were different. Um, but yeah, like you said, Hangman Page was the star of the show. MJF's heel work and his, like, he, he does, like, a really good, like, capital capitalizing on situations uh, type heel. You know, he'll wait until someone's down to go hit a finisher on them or do something to them. Uh not only is his mic work good, he's just good in the ring. Yeah. I'm excited for more of Maxwell Jacob Friedman. 
<laughs> That's a very heal me. <laughs> he just sounds like a rich white kid. Yeah. I bet I bet at some point we'll definitely get like a vignette of him like playing lacrosse or some shit. Polo like, pick, Polo pickleball, one of those yeah. like rich yeah. white kid <laughs> sports. Just do one vignette of him playing all of them. Like it cuts to him playing golf, it cuts to him playing tennis, it cuts <laughs> to him playing handball, it cuts to him playing polo. <laughs> cuts to him in a big Olympic pool. So why not <laughs> do them all? I, we do have to highlight the uh, the Tower of Doom superplex spot. Yeah, that was that was Tow- Towers of Doom are always good. <laughs> Absolutely, this one yeah. was not one of the weird Tower of Dooms where there's like a base. It was just straight up like man, man, man lands on other man. Yeah, <laughs> it was way scarier than Towers of Doom you see in like WWE. <laughs> and then Hangman Page uh, finished off Jimmy Havoc with his totally not based off Red Dead Redemption finisher Deadeye. Definitely not named Deadeye after the ability that slows down time in Red Dead so, Redemption. So he totally didn't play the game and then change the name of his finisher to something more uh understandable to the common public definitely not it was definitely <laughs> called something different like when we watched all in last year <laughs> and, and then after i think it was like january i noticed someone call it dead eye and i was like hmm hold on <laughs> that's a little suspicious well you want to talk about a murder now uh, so 30 minute murder 20 is a 20 minute time limit so it was a 20 yep. minute murder and it went to the fucking time limit. And then afterwards, the murderer got murdered. <laughs> my my mom was confused by the time limit thing. I was like, yeah, it's a little weird. I do like knowing that it's a that there is a set time limit, though. <laughs> yeah. I would much rather that there's a set time limit than... Um, kind of trying to figure out in my head like okay this match started at you know uh, 450 it's now 505 so it's going to go for a maximum of like two more minutes because it's a weird thing that i do not that everyone or anyone should do that but (laughs) when when a cool spot ends and the the pa announcer goes five minutes left in this match five minutes i can you know you you kind of get a sense of like Oh, well, they don't have a lot of time left, and that's good for storytelling, too, because then, especially in the case of this match, where it's one person giving everything he has to finish off the other guy, and the other guy's not going down, he kind of is getting desperate. He's like, okay, I gotta do everything that I can. I am incredibly confused by Darby Allen's character. It seems, uh, scary. Because <laughs> the way they're describing it is like, his family died, and then he placed all of his faith in his uncle, and then his uncle died. I think what it was, I paid really close attention to this because I was, like, f- fucking confused as shit, and I, the more <laughs> I think about it, the more I'm just, like, probably tell us that through, like, a vignette and not a commentary thing at a, like, pre-television series pay-per-view. Um, so, what it was... Was he, like, was raised by his uncle, I guess? Or not raised by his uncle, but, like, lived with his uncle, or his uncle was driving him somewhere. 
<laughs> his uncle was drunk, and they got in a car accident, and he's had trust issues ever since, and doesn't trust people anymore. And I was like, that's, first of all, kind of lame. Um, second of all, you if you showed me that through, like, a vignette... With, like, you know, tire screeching sounds and car crashing sound effects. Darby Allen, like, in a dark corner explaining it or something. E- yeah, and the camera's, like, getting closer to him as he explains it, and he's, like, crouched in the corner, and you get the sound effects as he explains it, and the crash sound as he explains it, and, you know, the, like, a like a, a heart monitor beeping. He's like, I don't know if I, like, that would, it's still dumb, but I'm, I'm more apt to go, like, it's okay, because it was told to me in, like, a good way. But just having... JR say it on commentary makes me go, oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's really bad. So, uh, how does Darby Allen's back still work? I don't know. <laughs> this is a mismatch of, of all kinds in, in terms of experience and size. Cody Rhodes is what, like 6'3, 230. Darby Allen is like 5'7, 170. And Cody just beat the shit out of him until Darby Allen decided he needed to sacrifice a top rope coffin drop onto Cody Rhodes onto the apron and I mean what would what, what would you know Cody Rhodes rolls out of the way Darby Allen hits his back from the top rope God. on the hardest part of the ring TM uh, I, I that, there's some stuff in this match that made me look away, and I think it's just because of the size disparity. <laughs> like when he threw him into the ring post, and then Darby Allen just flew out of the ring entirely. <laughs> that was he just beat the fuck out of him for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, just for beat the fuck out of him. Gosh, uh, <laughs> it feels real bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. It made me go like, why do I like Cody Rhodes? And then he took the weightlifting belt off, and I was like, oh, that's why I like Cody Rhodes. Okay, <laughs> hell yeah. The, like that's well, that's what happened. My mom, she's like sitting on her chair with a blanket. She threw the blanket up over her face, like right before he made impact, because she with the with the belt. No, like as soon as Cody like rolled out of the way and Darby on oh, yeah. back hit the apron. Yep, he he just threw it up and was like. What the, she no she, like she couldn't watch that that was a lot yeah yeah and the belt stuff was really cool I I just love weightlifting belts because of Hollywood Hulk Hogan <laughs> like and also the the stuff with the like body bag yeah uh, Derby Allen brought out a body bag that said um. What did, it, what did it say? Two, two and one, or or one and one, uh, referring to what Cody's AEW record was going to be after he was done with him. Yeah, and that body and, bag was for him. And he ended up in the body bag that he brought out because you know that's the wrestling rule. If you set it up, you're going to deal with it. Uh, that happened later on in the night with Joey Janela. <laughs> set up the chair. Uh, yeah what did he do he put him in the body bag stood him up and then did he just super kick him he he did something to him i don't he he did he he zipped him up and this says it's the disaster kick i don't know what the difference is uh okay yeah Uh, yeah he he got him cody got him with the crossroads 
but uh, time ran out as he was like clawing his way to make the pin. He got one, two, and then the match ended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then everyone the time went, has expired. Yep, and everyone was cheering to let him like fight more, and it almost seemed like they were going to let him. <laughs> and then uh, in the distance, you can hear ten, 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 <laughs> ten, 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 and uh, Sean Spears just smashes Cody in the head with a chair, and yeah. uh, causing everyone online to like have a meltdown. And then afterwards, like. The Young Bucks and Cody are like, it was a trick chair. And then people are like, then how did it cut his head open? Because like, he bladed. Look at, look at his fucking last name. He, he bladed. <laughs> Do you want to know how it cut his head open? Go back and watch the thing. I have the fucking highlights up right here. He gets hit. Where does he He gets hit in the, the, the right side of the head, or the left side of the head, and then his right side of his head is bleeding. Come, come on. Like, I, I understand the, like, fear of an unprotected chair shot. But, Absolutely. Absolutely. But, like, what I, whatever, if I see them do that, especially with these guys, I'm not thinking, oh, this is a sad, desperate attempt to show they're edgier than WWE. It's, these guys know what they're doing, and there's something different about it. And they said it was a trick chair. And then I saw this in a wrestling group that I'm in on Facebook that I was added to that I just look at sometimes and get angry. <laughs> That's me. I'm in a I'm in a, a group called Ring of Honor New Japan, not WWE. And every time I see it, I'm just like, oh my god, what is wrong with you fucking guys? And someone said like, I, yeah, it was a trick chair where it's like a tin foil sheet for the seat part, but look how it wrapped around his head. He cut the back of his head open. It's like, no! That's, you yeah. <laughs> Come on! He you fucking... Shouldn't... The camera wasn't on him for, like, 20 seconds. It was on Sean Spears standing there with the chair. That is when Cody took a fucking blade out, <laughs> cut the side of his head, the wrong side, because he did, probably didn't want people directly looking at him in the front row to yeah. see... And then they cut back to him bleeding everywhere. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, we're ruining the wrestling magic right now, but it's they knew what they were doing. It was yeah. done as safe as possible. 100%. I've seen some stuff Tony Khan saying like it didn't go as planned, but I don't know how much of that is at work, so I can't say anymore. Like, if there's one person in WWE I trust to take an unprotected chair shot to the head with a worked chair or not, probably gonna be John Moxley and then Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Moxley will just like peel back his scalp to reveal that he has like a steel plate in his head. Yeah, he's the Terminator. <laughs> that's the end of the, the new shitty Terminator that's coming out. I already called it shitty because who cares, but it's going to be bad. Yeah, and I'm gonna give them my money while simultaneously going, stop remaking these movies! <laughs> So. Here's $10. <laughs> so now uh, we're setting up tension between Cody Rhodes and Peyton Royce's boyfriend. Fiance. Oh, they're engaged. Nice. Yeah, they're getting married September, October, I think. <gasps> nice. Don't ask me how I know this. I just see this shit online. All right. Here's... <laughs> it's the elite, the young bucks and Kenny... Omega versus the Lucha Bros and the Laredo Kid. And he, here's me when uh, the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid come out. 
goddamn Pentagon is cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Pentagon is so cool. And then when they when they get done, I'm like, oh hell yeah, I am ready for a super kick party. And they do kind of like the build up for it. And then it switches to the fucking Street Fighter, the World Warriors music, which I'm very familiar with because I, I'm sitting right next to my Street Fighter 2 uh, arcade one-up machine, not sponsored, but if they want to send me free shit, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I recognize that music. And they come out at, dressed as Ken and Ryu. I'm like, huh, where's Kenny? And then a dude like jumps the barricade, like comes running out of nowhere, and like stands in front of him. Is like posing. very clearly doing the Batista pose. <laughs> and I was willing to believe. Oh man, people love these guys so much. They're ruining this event. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then it like it it cuts to the Titantron and it does the Satsui no Hado like insignia, and it, like goes black, and then. Kenny's standing there with his back turned because he's a Kuma and his hair has like the shitty like red chalk dye in it. Yeah. <laughs> it was very cool. I like Golden Boy trying to explain Street Fighter to JR. <laughs> That's the best thing because JR was a commentary and he's just trying to play speed it's, it's so it's so funny that JR is going to commentate for a company that's being ran by fucking seven nerds <laughs> so weak weekly excalibur is gonna have to go like yeah that's uh from persona and <laughs> and jr's gonna be like well I, I know that kenny omega has a persona that any fighter should fear like that's yeah, he's yeah. gonna have no idea how to respond to that shit but he can he can he is at that good at his job that like he that was just a, a joke example but that's probably some like smart shit he could say about yeah. it yeah yeah, what is it I, that he was introduced as when he the the the, the voice of professional wrestling? And I messaged yes. you about that because I didn't even think about he is, and it like gave me chills and gave me like a it's, weird like it's choked like, up moment because he totally is like he is sixty seven years old and he's been through like a lot of health issues. Yeah, Bell's but, palsy. But I think he, he lost can, his wife. Yeah, but he can fucking just. Go! He can call a pay-per-view. He can call matches so well. It's... I, I was just hard on him, but I'll do it again. It's something that his successor at WWE is not super good at. <laughs> JR yeah. calls moves. <laughs> Michael Cole doesn't. Uh, <laughs> JR stays on topic, and, and that's probably more of like a producer thing. Like Cole's being fed to say pointless yeah. drama shit that's probably also part of it is that um ha the the clamp down from higher ups yeah. on commentary i'm i'm sure michael cole would be great if he would commentate somewhere else but it's it seems like jr had more freedom and michael cole is where jr uh was in like the late 90s early 2000s but he doesn't yeah. seem to have that much freedom which is disappointing but that's why, you know, when when we watched New Japan on Access last summer, it was like, this is fucking cool. Like, yeah. JR's definitely just sitting at his home in Arkansas watching this and recording, like, we're recording this podcast. But it's awesome. Like, yeah. JR is the voice of professional wrestling. And I can't wait to have him learn what fucking Elder Scrolls is or something. <laughs> like, 
I yeah, liked... that's Kenny dressed up as Jigglewag. And Jigglewag's like, <laughs> well, he's going to have to jiggle him, himself out of a tough one against Pentagon tonight. Like, that's whatever. Like, that's great. You can't. I... <laughs> the, the specific commentary moment that I loved was when they were explaining, like, the Street Fighter thing to him. And I think his golden boy was being like, yeah, we'll have to get you in some pools tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The chair with a with a fight stick on his lap, just going like, I want to I want to pick that one, and it's just like, why do you want to pick uh, why want to pick Balrog? He's got boxing gloves on. I like a good fighter. They're all fighters, Jr. They're street fighters. <laughs> well, he plays by the rules. I like that. He's a he's a bad guy, Jr. I also like that his Twitter handle is just JR's Barbecue. Barbecue, yeah. <laughs> Something so that has always been so fucking funny to me is that his his walkout theme is the fucking Arkansas football song, or just the Arkansas State. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah, that's just the, 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 the song that their band plays at basketball games and football games. That's just... It's not just a generic-ass band song that they made, that he actually uses his school's song. Like... It's, it's just so, like, old man, I love my football team. But it's it's very cool. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about this match. Like, go find <laughs> highlights online just because this was just like... It. Yeah, it was straight up just like fucking 17 minutes of finishers. Straight, like... It was just so much. <laughs> it was a ton. The, I think like there there was a point where my mom my mom was like kind of irritated watching this match because she was tired and she just wanted to see John Moxley. But, <laughs> and like, there's just all, so much shit happening. There's so much going on. She's like, so so Jory, who's legal? I'm like I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I was just like, uh, I, I explained her like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are, like the most popular wrestlers ever online. Yeah. And. She, I was just like, when they have matches, it's more of just, like, events. <laughs> it's less of a match and more of, like, events. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by watching the highlights of this match, the crowd, they're all standing, and any time a finisher happens, they just jump around like the... <laughs> Like the gif of all the uh, of all the black kids when the guy gets owned, you know, like oh, that's just yeah. what that's just what a, a a a bucks match is, you know, like it's just oh, fuck. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> the standing Spanish fly off of the top rope, not even the turnbuckle, into three people, and then you reverse it into a you know a pile driver onto the steel of the ramp. Whatever, <laughs> fucking who cares? Just do whatever. Just do all of it at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. That's why I say, I, like, I don't know what to say about this match. Kenny and uh, the Bucks won. Kenny and the Bucks, they got a fucking Hadouken. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they responded to a triple super kick with Hadoukens, which worked. <laughs> which I... I want to. I want to know what, like, old, old head wrestling fans think when they watch the Bucks. Do they just, like fucking scream oh, and get pissed oh, there are people there are people who hate the books yeah there because because hate the their masters just this is just no selling it's just no selling and it de- it degrades the finisher and all this other shit like yeah i've seen it on squared circle before that that stuff that stuff has validity if you're like storytelling i'm sure they'll tone it down when they do weekly shows yeah and and I'm with sure tag one- team wrestling, it's it's fine to just be like 
you can go balls to the walls in tag team wrestling because there's another guy who can like, oh no, how is he going to kick out of the seven finishers he just took? Oh, wait, his partner broke up. His partner's going to push me off, yeah. <laughs> and also, it's like they're doing monthly pay-per-views. I don't, I don't know if they do much wrestling outside of the pay-per-views currently, besides like practicing. I know that the Bucks have been down in AAA because they've been competing with the Lucha Brothers for the AAA uh, tag team titles. So, okay, I think they did a match the week of Fighter Fest down in Mexico City. Hmm, nice. But yeah, I think you make a good point when you ask like, are how are they going to keep this up weekly? And my only response is they won't. <laughs> they'll they'll wrestle like once or twice a month on TV. <laughs> And I'm sure if they when they do like TV matches, they won't be as fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, it won't be 17 minutes. It'll be five minutes of fucking melter drivers and. <laughs> I don't hate be that name so much. <laughs> yeah, imagine like a filmmaker naming his technique after Roger Ebert because Roger Ebert gives his movies 50 thumbs up. Like that's fucking lame. Is that did Quentin Tarantino do that? <laughs> I I mean, <laughs> if Tarantino may, had like, maybe someone has done that, and I just don't know. Because when you say that, I mean, you'll think, oh, Tarantino's probably done some bullshit like that. That's yeah. Has Tarantino probably. ever shown up in like a wrestling ring? <laughs> I don't think so. Quentin and Tarantino. I don't think wrestling. he ever would. Wrestling used to have the right amount of oppression of women for him, so if he did, it was definitely in the nineties. The, the, the only thing I can find about it is uh, Jungle Boy talking about, because he's Luke Perry's son, talking about his dad working uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, okay. <laughs> when did Luke Perry work with Quentin Tarantino? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I don't know his career. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know Luke Perry either is of one careers. of those, those teen things. That's all I know. Yep, uh, Kenny Omega hit the V-trigger in one wing at Angel... And one. Um, on the Laredo v- Kid, I think, or Phoenix? I'm pretty sure it was on Laredo Kid. What my immediate thing is, as soon as the V-Trigger happened, my mom was like, when is this going to be over? It's like, just wait like two two seconds. When, <laughs> when you see that knee strike, there. mom, you don't got much more time than the match. <laughs> yeah. Then he pulled off the one we get HL, I, I, I went to mom was like, no one's ever kicked out of that, so we're uh, we're good. <laughs> yeah, when, no when one ever has, and a- no one ever will. <laughs> when we're watching AEW stuff, that's how you know the match is over. <laughs> well, now it's that, time for th- our not main event because this match is not sanctioned by All Elite Wrestling. Yep the uh, the Elite versus Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid was the last official match of the Fighter Fest card. Um. Uh, to signify that it was unsanctioned, they turned the lights on and turned them back off, or turned the lights off and turned them back on, and apparently that's something that happened in Florida Territorials back in the day when they would do unsanctioned matches. Hmm. They would just turn the lights off and be like, okay, now this is not whatever anymore, Florida, whatever wrestling. This that is makes now sense. just a match. Um, it is John Moxley versus Joey Janela in a non-sanctioned uh, match, which I mean, that also means hardcore. Like that's you know, yeah. it's a non un- non sanctioned is the PG way of saying death match. Yeah, as uh, as soon as they said that, I was like, oh man, they're gonna be like drenched in blood, which they weren't. But it's still a horrific mess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sort of starts with Joey Janela like. 
killing himself with a chair. Whew. He set up a chair that Moxie was sitting in, and then he was going to uh, swanton onto it. And then, obviously, Moxley stood up, and then he just went through a chair. Yeah. He's completely flattened the steel chair. Um, Moxley pulled out a uh, barbed wire chair. Yeah. And as soon as that happened, my mom was like, Is this shit ECW? What's going on? I was like, yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. much. Pretty much, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got Nailed it. it. That's what he used to do before he was in the Shield. He yeah. used to do <laughs> even worse than ECW shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, they put each other through a table. Moxley pulls out a weird little piece of, like, board with with uh, with barbed wire on it and puts it up in the corner and he gets put through that. This is It's just... It's just a mess. It, it honestly, like, watching it made me uncomfortable and sort of, like, validated my, like, I don't want to watch deathmatch stuff. And this was, like, white deathmatch stuff. <laughs> like, you got the big spots out of this, but there was not a whole lot of, like, blood and, like, dismemberment type stuff. You know, like, open faces and... Yeah. I, I can... things like that. <coughs> I can do this stuff. I think at this level I can do it. I think when they're doing light tubes and that's this when I start to turn off. I think if it's sparingly too, it's exciting to watch. Yeah, this probably won't happen every week. This will probably happen, you know, maybe once every pay-per-view at most. I liked the... Uh, it was terrifying uh, seeing Moxley. Still good visual, though, of him pushing the chair into... Janela and like stomping on it uh, into him and then you see him like like peel it out of his skin I want to talk about one of the coolest spots from this which is when Janela jumped off of the ladder inside of the ring onto Moxley on the tables on the outside of the ring (laughs) that was absolutely insane (laughs) I want to mention the tax. Uh, yeah, there, there was there's good use of thumbtacks. <laughs> yeah. So. Thumbtacks. So. Moxley gets a gets a bunch of thumbtacks, spreads them <laughs> into the ring, and then he gets. He gets a. Uh, he almost like he Moxley fucking rips the boot and socks off of Janela, and then looks like he's going to get him into him, and then he gets like a nasty fucking release suplex and launches his feet into the fucking tax. Ah, Jesus. <sighs> and Janela's like reaction, like screaming into the camera. I was just like, nope, nope, I don't like this. And I was seeing I, I like I was seeing stuff like, man, he could sell. He's probably not fucking selling. Yeah, you He's don't pro- really need to sell dozens of tacks in your heel, both it, of your heels. It's pro and like they kept zooming in on his feet, and they were deep in there. Yeah, yeah. I I stepped were. on a tack similar to that recently, and it was not fun. No, it is 
It is not. Uh, I think it was after that spot where Moxley sat up and spat a tack out of his mouth at the camera. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but it was great TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And excellent TV. His his finisher, which is it's like I, I it's called the Death Rider. I don't know what the uh, difference from it from a Dirty Deeds is. It's pretty similar, but I know there is a difference. Yeah, it's like a double underhook now. So he got that on him, and and then one. He said there was going to be a paradigm shift, and there sure was. That was something. <laughs> that's a hardcore match. You don't really get out of anything anywhere else other than real like deep indies and CZW. If they can provide that on like a wide scale regularly to American homes through pay-per-views and a television product, yeah, to bring some people back into wrestling, it sure is. And then Kenny came out and got his revenge for Moxley beating the shit out of him at <laughs> Double or Nothing. Sure did. He beat him with a fucking guitar. As soon as, as soon as he grabbed that electric guitar, I was like, oh fuck. Oh no, those don't break like acoustic guitars. And they smacked him with it. I was like, they don't break like acoustic guitars. Yeah, it was not a worked guitar or anything. It just. Kenny, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was not a worked guitar. He just hit him with that big ass fucking electric guitar. And it looked real painful. And then he, you know, we thought he was done. And Moxie was laughing and smiling. And then he came out with a trash can and beat uh, Moxie with a little bit and then hit him with a paradigm shift onto the trash can. And that's when we got copyright logo. <laughs> I was wondering if Jericho was going to show up, but he's probably like napping because he's 92 years old. Yeah, he's <laughs> complaining about something on Twitter and his podcast and making more butt rock for dads. <laughs> So, Fighter Fest, Jory. Yeah. What'd you think? I'll use my mom's words, her exact words. Okay. That was pretty good. It was it was a whole lot less predictable than WWE. I like that and agree with that. Sure says a lot when, when like my mom can pick up on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that does say a lot. That's why I'm so excited about it, because it's... it's probably going to make all wrestling better and if it doesn't then there's just better wrestling to watch i'm definitely not going to stop watching wwe i just want them to kind of like shape up because they have the best talent in the world and if they can put on a show mostly as good as fighter fest or double or nothing or hey i think fighter fest is better than double or nothing honestly like the the moxley <laughs> reveal was big but the rest of the card it was okay no, it wasn't as good as All In, either. But, yeah. Um, predictability predictability is hard to avoid when you put on, you know, a billion hours of television every week or whatever it is. Yeah. But your pay-per-view should not be as predictable. They seem to do more things for um, the board members. Yeah. And that's understandable because they're a billion dollar company, but that does end up being stale and that's going to be the best thing about AEW is they're they're new and they're not worth a billion dollars, not even close. 
So they're just going to be able to do whatever they want that they think is best for a long time. And that's going to be pretty fun. We're, gonna, we're just going to have more wrestling to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing in my book. Fight for the Fallen is in two weeks. Fight for the Fallen in, like in a two week. weeks. <laughs> it's oh, next yeah. Week. It's, it, it's next weekend, isn't it? Yeah. I'm probably not going to be able to watch it. <laughs> oh, no. Why not? I'm probably going to a show, seeing bands. I think it's available on demand on BR Live if you have a free account. So Probably. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it in time. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I'll give a rundown because I'll probably watch it. <laughs> Again, on BR Live, if you live in uh, Europe, I think it's on Fight for nine ninety nine. Um, BR Live for free, of course. Uh, all proceeds for that show, all the like at event proceeds go to victims of gun violence in America. Yeah, which is pretty good cause. Or you can watch Evolve. I mean, I'll watch it after. <laughs> yeah, that's someone a... in the Discord asked what Evolve was, and um, yeah. the best the best <laughs> thing I have to say about what Evolve is is it's we've described NXT as like. The developmental brand for WWE. Evolve was its own thing, I believe, and then they were purchased by WWE. I maybe should fact check this. But uh, it's basically, at this point, developmental for developmental. It operates as an indie promotion, and if they like... uh, If they like you there, then they can bring you on up to uh, NXT. Yeah, it's like NXT Light. <laughs> the, uh, the I don't big... think I don't think that they own them, but maybe they're just a partnership. But they send some people to, like it's... Street Profits were tag champions down there for yeah. a while. Um, it is Vel... it is yeah, it's a relationship. It's not an, yeah. it's not ownership. They'll defend um, NXT championships on that show. Uh, they've defended the <coughs> NXT title and the North American title on there. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be a cool show to kind of give some respect to a smaller promotion that they have a partnership with while giving them more play with some of their superstars from NXT. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll probably watch that after Fight for the Fallen. Good idea. Two pay-per-views next weekend. Wow. Um, would you like to talk quickly about some of the big bullet points of Raw and SmackDown? Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are executive directors for Raw and SmackDown. Heyman for Raw and Bischoff for SmackDown. So Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley promptly went through the LED board with a ton of pyro. Yep. I saw something about that earlier on why they might have done that. Oh, what's that? They want to introduce a new set. Like, new set design and stuff for Raw. Oh, so they're going to use that breaking as an excuse. <laughs> that is a good idea. Because it's so bland. <laughs> it's very bland. Uh, I mean, even the AEW stuff is a little more... It's smaller, but it's a little more interesting because it's the two separate, like, TNA impact tubes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just someone walking out of a giant screen with another giant screen above them. It's, like, overly modern. It's not devoid of character. <laughs> Street Profits showed up on Raw. Yeah. Are they are they just on Raw? 
I don't think so. I think it's just going to be a... Hey, check out how cool these guys are for a little bit until they actually start doing stuff, which could be months down the line. But hey, they're doing backstage <laughs> stuff, talking to Charlie Crusoe on Raw. They cut to him backstage and then they're just like making goofs. <laughs> I'm incredibly yeah. disappointed that they don't have little NXT tag titles for their solo cups. <laughs> um, I heard something about how Angelo Dawkins has been with WWE since like FCW. Really? Yeah, like he was there like when Seth Rollins was still Tyler Black. Hmm. So this is like really cool that he stuck with his dream for like 10 years almost and, you know, fought well, through all the like weird tag teams and he jobbing his, he had to do in NXT. He made his TV debut on June 19th, 2012 in NXT. Yeah, wow. Probably in some weird tag team. He lost against Sami Zayn. Yeah, so it's really cool that he stuck with it, and it's like a, it's like a it's a very heartwarming story. Is he he just kept grinding until he got there, and now he's on Monday Night Raw, <laughs> potentially per request of Heyman. You know, like that's that's what I got out of it. Not that he did, but it's like Heyman the the week Heyman takes over the Street Profits are on TV. Like that's. Kind yeah. of big. Maria Canellis is pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The... We didn't learn it as simply as I just said it, but at at the top of the third hour of Raw, Mike, uh, Becky, and Seth are having a promo se- like backstage segment, which was kind of fun. Uh, which which is involved them like taking cute cutesy jabs at each other. Mm-hmm. And they're then, flirting. Do you and... know? Hey, you know they're a couple. <laughs> Oh shit! What? <laughs> the two top people in Raw are couple. Damn. <laughs> well, while that's happening, Mike and Rhea Canellis just walk up, <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay, what?" Yeah, uh, just like you guys aren't nearly as in love as we are, and then they have a match, <laughs> and. When Mike fails against Seth Rollins and goes to tag in Maria, Maria jumps off the apron and grabs Mike and is like, I can't fight Becky because I'm pregnant. (laughs) And then calls Mike a loser and how she should have dumped him a long time ago. And how she's ashamed that Mike is is the father of her children. And if she wants a man to impregnate her next time, she'll just go to Becky. Jesus. Yeah, it got it got real over the top there. I started to feel bad for Mike because, like, I'm like empathetically putting myself in his position. Like, if I worked with my wife in WWE and they were like, "Hey, go, go tell him he's a loser and you're ashamed of him," after basically jobbing and like kayfabe failed pushes <laughs> on TO5 Live for like a year, I'd be kind of sad. <laughs> To the two of the top three people in your company. <laughs> yeah, I've been on Raw in like a year and a half, but go make these people look good and at the same time make a mockery out of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Uh, I liked it. I like Maria Canellis on the mic a lot. She it's, was very good. Yeah, she should be on the mic more often. And hey, um, you like clubs, Jory? Sure do. 
a certain club got back together this week on Raw. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anderson Gallows are backstage <laughs> starting bullshit with Ricochet, and uh, they go and tell AJ Styles that Ricochet was like, hey, AJ is a bitch, and I'll beat him easily next time because he barely beat me last time. So AJ goes and slaps Ricochet around, and uh, they set up a, a main event. <laughs> Two weeks in a row now, Ricochet versus AJ Styles for the United States Championship. Uh, <laughs> Ricochet main eventing back-to-back Raws. <laughs> again, some info here. Apparently Paul Heyman thinks Ricochet is the most valuable asset in WWE right now. Uh, yeah, I think if anyone has most appeal to a younger demographic, it's Ricochet. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Was like, we need to bring teenagers back in, and this dude is how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is entirely right. Like, he's cool. Uh, what he does in the ring looks cool. Yeah. And um, he has like potentially in the future, he has like a a um. I can't. Re- I was gonna make an Ant Man reference. He has like a girlfriend superhero sidekick who can do all the same shit he can so like that's like yeah it works <laughs> like uh it's smart but he lost to aj and then they realized that he actually had his, his, his foot touch no rope. here's the thing so his foot didn't touch the rope it wasn't anywhere near the rope oh. and then i tweeted that and oh. then uh angry dudes online who have to tell me i'm wrong tweet at me no you the rule is if it's under the rope, and I Google it, and it turns out that's the case. And the fact that that's part of the rules is fucking stupid, because there's so many opportunities where I imagine it's so that much doesn't... easier to put your foot under the rope. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense, but I just assumed, like, he kicked the rope, and him touching the rope in any way was the rule. Like, if he just kicks it for a second, then they have to break the count, and he, the ref just didn't see that. Yeah. So, they restarted the match, and Ricochet won... And then AJ and Anderson and Gallows beat the fuck out of Ricochet and two-sweeted above his corpse and hit him with a magic killer and hit him with a phenomenal forearm. And uh, I'm really excited that the club's back together. They just need one more member. Just get Finn Balor in there. I don't know how to do it, but do it. I don't care. And you can do the club versus Undisputed Era. I don't know how, again, but do that. Yeah. SmackDown was significantly less eventful. Kevin Owens... Uh, Kevin Owens' promo work is probably the highlight other than Kofi flipping off yeah. Samoa Joe. <laughs> Ke- Those are the two segments you <laughs> yeah. really need to watch is Kevin Owens going off on Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. And then the Kofi-Samoa Joe exchange. I, I love I love Kevin Owens. Uh, Dolph Ziggler comes out and he's like, "No, no one wants to hear." Yeah, I like that he went off on Shane because that keeps something going, yeah. right? Like, because he's been fucked over by Shane a lot. So he's not just happy that he's there. <laughs> he's not just suddenly yeah. his friend because yeah, they're both aligned to the same. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, yeah, uh, Kofi Kingston having an in in ring confrontation with Joe, and Joe just tries talking a bunch of shit. And basically, what Kofi does is someone might be, oh, that middle finger seems really weird, but I have 
I have good reasoning as to why it's good and it still fits Kofi. Yeah. Joe's not getting to him. Yeah, Joe's like talking about his family and stuff and we saw that break of very strong-willed man in AJ Styles and he tried to do the same thing with Kofi and Kofi just kind of laughed and flipped him off. <laughs> yeah. So he's keeping his cool against someone that has previously broken down the psyche of other opponents. Yeah, like, uh, Joe was like, you gotta shake my hand because you're the good guy. And Co- the whole time, like, Kofi, don't do it. You should know better. And then he flips him off. Yeah, he's gonna cocaine and clutch. And the, yeah, the was- thing, it's like, let's say they weren't doing the new edgy SmackDown. Because that's obviously what they're going for now, is they're ramping it up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't have him flip him off, you know what Kofi probably would have done? He probably would have done some, like, secret handshake bullshit of, like, slapping his hand and, like, twisting and, like, fist bumping him and stuff. <laughs> Which is super unnecessary and I hate the idea of, but you're completely right. That's what right. they would have done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A year ago, that's what they would have done, yeah. <laughs> Improved, then. And I like that. I didn't even think about this until you, you brought it up. He, he's definitely not getting to Kofi in yeah. any way. <laughs> Kofi's just going to fight him. Yep. And hopefully win. That's it. Wrestling thoughts, Jory? Yeah. yeah. Things are improving, and Fighter Fest was a good time. It was it was great. There's, there's wrestling out there for everyone. I can't wait for there to be wrestling every day of the week, and I never do anything else with my life. Yeah. I Like, what is it going to be? It's going to be Monday Night Raw... Tuesday night is going to be free. 205 Live. Wednesday night's... Uh, well, I would assume 205 Live is going to be Friday night. Oh. Because that's where SmackDown's going, because they tape them oh, together. Yeah. So it's going to be Raw, nothing. AEW and NXT and NXT UK. Thursday is going to be nothing. And then Friday's going to be Impact and SmackDown and 205 Live. A, or uh, Impact should move to Thursday because they're moving to a new network this fall. They haven't announced which yet. <laughs> they just moved to and one then, at the beginning of the year. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's how in bad shape they are. Um, and then I really think NXT should move, and I think WWE should move NXT and NXT UK to Tuesday so they don't have to, like, like, I, you know, that's three hours of wrestling someone might want to watch. You know, two hours with AEW and then an hour with NXT, so don't ask them to do that and just put it on Tuesday where there's no wrestling right now. So if both of those changes happen that I just mentioned, there would be wrestling to watch literally every day of the week. And then if you add pay-per-views into that, takeovers would happen on Saturday. I think AEW's pay-per-views happen on Saturday, and then WWE pay-per-views happen on Sunday. So WrestleMania week is going to be a nightmare because it's going to be seven... <laughs> straight days of wrestling followed by seven more <laughs> I can't wait I can't <laughs> I think to myself I'm sad Lucha Underground got cancelled but also that's less for me to pay attention to <laughs> I, I think my current plan is to just uh, watch whatever I can <laughs> and then if I can't watch that's, it yeah. well, oh well I'm sure between the two of us, uh, we'll we'll have some sort of idea of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Impact is easy because you. I just turn on Impact while I'm playing games or something. 
it's on Twitch. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's that's this week on CWFP. It's a blast, Jory. Yeah, that's me. If people like you. Oh, they do. I'm yeah yeah I think I think so I do I'm glad you do oh <laughs> no this um, is this we're actually like this podcast is like MythBusters where we just act professional and then we never interact outside of the show is that what MythBusters was like yeah Jamie Hodman and Adam Savage only worked together professionally they didn't get along personally it's blown out of proportion because oh, wow. people be like my childhood's ruined they hate each other and one talk about it, it's like we're just two different guys we don't. You don't mesh well together, so we just have a professional relationship, and then we go our separate ways. That is, that's happened more than people would know in yeah. things. <laughs> if you like something, that has probably happened. Yes, <laughs> in that thing. That is, in fact, not what the show is like. <laughs> no, but if people like you, Jory, and they want more of your thoughts, and maybe more of your content, and maybe you know, like the social media platform for this show where can they find all those things well i'm on on twitter at no i'm jory where i'm tweeting about the things that i'm watching and enjoying and ingesting like today i was playing yakuza kiwami 2 and in one of the mini games uh majima construction where you defend a construction site from a bunch of legacy New Japan guys. Like, I don't recognize the name, and then I look him up, and it's like, 1978, this guy's match versus Ric Flair. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. And, like, Keiji Muto and the head of, like, Japan NWO and stuff are in it. And you can recruit, like, Okada, Naito, and Tanahashi. <laughs> Bad. Rules. The, I don't know how I haven't played Yakuza yet because every time you tell me cool things about it, I'm like, I have zero installed on my PS4. What am I waiting for? <laughs> and uh, with, and then another side like mission thing where you go into an underground arena and like fight people. You can fight Okada and Naito and stuff. So I was fighting Okada and I was just standing there because if I just stood there, he'd just keep rainmakering <laughs> me, and it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I have another podcast called We Are Watching One Piece. It's up right here on the Orange Groves Network, uh, where I watch One Piece and talk about it with a friend who's all caught up on the series. It's uh, If you, you want a companion piece to your watch through of the series or just want to listen to people discuss something that you probably won't take in because it's too daunting, we're there for you. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Cameron? Are you online? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Cam Hambone, where you can follow me for Spider-Man takes because that's all I talk about <laughs> nowadays. I saw Into the Spider-Verse last week, and it changed my life. <laughs> nice. That's the best superhero movie ever. Now that everyone has unsubscribed, it it actually is. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me there for uh, opinions on wrestling and video games and all kinds of stuff. Uh, can hit me up, ask me whatever. And there's also the CWFP Discord if you're uh, part of the Orange Groves Network on Discord. Go to the CWFP channel and chat with Jory and I about wrestling. Yeah. Any if you tweet at either things? of us, we'll, we'll respond to you. Or if you post in the Discord, we'll probably respond to you.
So uh, when are we starting our, uh, similar to Control-Alt-Delete, our wrestling fan webcomic? Oh no. Oh no. Oh fuck. Before I hit start, I gotta see if there's any wrestling webcomics. <laughs> wrestling webcomic. Botched spot. Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> Welcome to 294 Note Streak, the best idea for a podcast of all time. We use a bracket to rank every song that's ever been in a Guitar Hero game. That's pretty much it. That's the whole idea. My name's Joe. I'm Riley. We do that thing we just said every... Mm, two weeks? We rank it on how much we like the song and if it makes a fun chart to play. Is 294 an equally divisible number for a bracket? It's not! <laughs> Is Thunder Kiss 65 the best white zombie song? Can anything topple Hangar 18 in this race to the top? Will Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker defeat Michael Jackson's Beat It? Yes. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. <laughs> Probably. Should Fat Lip be in Guitar Hero? <laughs> Find out by listening to 294 Note Streak on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or a better app. And remember, enjoy music. <laughs>